Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. You may have missed a Woj bomb. An enormous Woj bomb. One of Woj's biggest Twitter detonations. An IED involving the current Vegas favorite to lift the Larry O next June. And I quote, this is Woj last night, quote, ESPN sources, Boston Celtics coach Ime Yudoka is facing possible disciplinary action, including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Discussions are ongoing within the Celtics on a final determination. End of tweet. All right. That sounds bad, right? That sounds really bad. But it does sound a little bit convoluted. Like, what are we talking about here? He's looking at a significant suspension, but for an unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Somebody do me a favor and shoot me some ranch that I can douse that word salad with. Because I'm not exactly sure what that means. I'm not exactly sure what that means. However, I know it's not good, fellow chowds. Well, fellow half-chowds. As you know, I am half-chowed. Now, of course, that was vague because Woj was doing work. And Woj was trying to be responsible before speculating or reporting on what may or may not have happened. And I myself am going to do the same exact thing. However, that did not pop much of Twitter or stop Twitter from popping as only Twitter can pop. It basically sent Twitter into a mouth-foaming frenzy last night with everybody asking the same exact question. What the hell could this guy possibly done? What did this guy do? Remember, we are talking about a head coach who won the Eastern Conference in his first year. A guy getting a significant suspension, allegedly, reportedly, from his own team. Not the league, from his own team. A guy that had his team up two games to one in the NBA Finals. So exactly what did this guy do? We have no idea. We need more information. And then we received it. Sham Sharinia then weighed in with the following tweet. And I quote, Celtics coach Ime Udoka had an improper intimate and consensual relationship with a female member of the team staff, sources tell the Athletic and Stadium. It's been deemed a violation of franchise's code of conduct. Hmm. Now we're getting somewhere, maybe? Maybe now it would be appropriate to at least drop in a, uh-oh. All right, so I'm still not exactly sure what it is. Like, just so we have this straight. The coach of the Boston Celtics is on the verge of getting suspended for what? His what? For what? His what? For his what? His what? His quote, improper, intimate, and consensual relationship with a female member of the team staff. His, his what? what? His what? quote, improper, intimate, consensual relationship with a member of the team staff. I mean, damn, Coach Adam Levine. Allegedly. Clones, listen, I know you want answers. I know you want answers badly. 
I know that even if you don't have answers, you're going to rush in and you're going to pile on. And I know you want to know how it can be improper. You know what's improper? That, Alvin, stop. That crap out of my head. I know you want answers. And I know you want to know how something or it can be both improper and consensual both at the same time. I know that you think that it cannot be both those things. Listen, I am no legal analyst, nor am I an HR specialist. I don't know what happened, but I'm here to tell you it can be both those things. I'm not saying what it is or what it is not, but I'm saying it can be. It can be both. It can be both consensual and improper, and especially if whatever happened happened in the workplace. And whatever happened clearly violated the Celtics code of conduct. And then Woj did jump jump in with this bomb. Woj said, quote, Boston Celtics coach Ime Udoka is likely facing a suspension for the entire 2022-23 season for his role in a consensual relationship with a female staff member. Sources tell ESPN a formal announcement is expected as soon as today. End of quote. That's this morning. That's the latest. There you go. He could be looking at a year-long suspension. Again, I'm not going to speculate on what did or did not happen here. I've got no idea. The Celtics, though, seem to think they do. And if what Woj says is true, and as far as I can tell, Woj has never been wrong, then the coach acted in an extremely inappropriate way. I don't know what he did, but whatever it was, it was inappropriate enough for the Celtics to act swiftly and punitively. Again, again, I don't know if the punishment fits the crime. A lot of you are saying, are you kidding? What the hell did he do? What the hell did he do? How can you do that? We don't know. I don't know if the punishment fits the crime because I don't know, quote, what the crime was. But whatever it was apparently was significant enough for the coach who just led his team to the NBA Finals and who's the coach of the team that's the odds-on favorite or was to win it all to miss the entire next season reportedly. And once again, I will acknowledge, I know a lot of you are struggling To understand how this much controversy could come from a, quote, consensual relationship. Again, I'm only a talking head. I'm just a talk show host. But it seems to me it's because we're talking about an imbalanced workplace power dynamic and authority. It's about the Boston Celtics code of conduct. And unfortunately for coach Adam Levine, the coach just can't go with my account was hacked. You can't go with the my account was hacked defense. You know, the Kurt Rambis defense or more recently the Doc Rivers defense. Clowns. Seriously, Doc ought to be thanking Bob Sarver and coach Adam Levine, the coach and the actual Adam Levine. Because Doc is skating this week after his Twitter account liked, quote, liked a bunch of adult content over the weekend, which, of course, Doc and the Sixers were quick to claim was the work of a hack. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, Doc, whatever works for you. Listen, with regards to this story, though, I'm going to be the adult in the room, and I'm going to sit back, and I'm going to wait until we have the facts. 
and I'm going to wait until we have more information, and I'm going to wait to hear exactly what this guy was accused of. But whatever it is, it was bad, or he would not be looking at a year-long suspension reportedly, unless, unless he was somehow railroaded or jammed up badly. And that seems pretty unlikely at this point. So we will continue to track this one. And if you're looking for me to come out with a blowtorch without knowing the facts, you're just barking up the wrong tree. I need more information. As for the Celtics, they apparently have enough to run this guy for a year, reportedly. Now, I'm not saying you can't react. You can. You should. In fact, you better. I'm just saying I'm not coming with the hammer until I know exactly what happened or have a much better idea. Now, if you're thinking, man, Rome, whatever, that is really severe. That is really punitive. It is. But company guidelines are company guidelines in any business. I think rules like this are commonplace, obviously, no matter what you do no matter where you work. What I'm trying to say is I am not ready to gloss him. Eme, be a horn dog, Udoka. I'm not doing that yet. Nor am I going to come right out and declare yet another victory for the undefeated, undisputed, untied, heavyweight champion of the world, sex. I'm not doing that either. And I'm definitely not ready for tweets saying, hey, Jim, Ime can't control his horny level. I can't control my horny level. be a little more responsible than that. At least I am. Again, I will give you more when I know more, and I'm only responding to what's been reported so far. Oh, I can't wait to get to this. Let me talk to you for a minute about the Conair Turbo Extreme Steam Steam and Iron 2-in-1 or as I like to refer to it as the Conair Turbo Extreme Steam. I love this product so much. It is the most powerful handheld steamer I have ever seen. What that means is you get fast and easy wrinkle removal. Look, I want to look sharp. I want to look buttoned up. I hate wrinkles. But I no longer have to worry about that because of the extra large sole plate, which can be used in vertical or horizontal action. It also works without steam is a dry iron. I'm talking serious technology. Advanced heat technology is ready almost instantly and it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam. Four settings for delicate to turbo is perfect for all fabrics and it kills 99.9% of bacteria and it sanitizes around the house and it refreshes clothing. It is easy to use. It is great for at home or on the go. To get yours today, go to Amazon and search Conair Turbo Extreme Steam and look for the Steam and Iron 2-in-1. Rodney in San Diego. It's good to have you. Rodney, how are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you doing today? I'm super, man. Great. Thank you. All right. For you folks that are having a hard time, let me give you an example. In the military, a senior officer cannot have consensual sex with a junior officer or enlisted it leads to the misunderstanding that that person may have got their position inappropriately. Thus, you can have consensual sex and it not be appropriate. You just can't do that. All right, Rome, you have a good time, my friend. My man, you too, Rodney. Thank you very much. Incredible. A responsible take. A reasonable, responsible, 
rational, helpful take, which elevates the conversation. Rack him. I think there is something to that. No, it's not the military. Hoosiers head coach Tom Allen joins me once again. Tom, it's great to have you back. How are you? Hey, Jim. I'm doing great, buddy. Appreciate you having me on your show. You got that Tom Allen voice going, man. How are you feeling? I'm doing great, buddy. It's been an awesome week. Good. Glad to hear it. All right, so before we talk about this week and what you have ahead of you, can you go back? How pleased were you with the way your team found a way to grind it out and get a tough overtime win and win a close game after a couple of, I don't want to say relatively easy wins, but certainly nothing like that? Well, the bottom line is you got to find a way to win. And uh, if there's one quality, if I had to pick a, a person or a team, it would be grit. And I think that's what this team has. There's a toughness to them. There's a belief to them. And they just uh, they just got tremendous perseverance and fight. So I love that about them. Uh, we've got to keep getting better without question. But uh, belief is a powerful thing. And when you find a way to win games like that, it creates tremendous belief. Tom Allen joining us. Belief, that's a good word. Belief is a good word. I've got another word for you. You've got this pinned to the top of your Twitter page. One word build. Quote, one word build i like that too build what well the bottom line is this i believe in this sport the best team that's who wins on game day so the goal is to build the best team and as we're building the best team we're building men and so i love to be able to do that in, in conjunction uh, they're, they're not separated and so we're building men and we're building football uh, teams together and we want to be the best football team each and every saturday we take the field we're talking to Tom Allen. You know, what's interesting is when you talk about building something, the build this year, I mean, every single year it would seem to me the build is going to be different. But when you look at this year, you've got so many new faces, and this is the way the game is now, right? You've got 33 players who made their debut, including seven true freshmen. So how have you approached building it this time around and indoctr- indoctrinating so many new players into the system and the culture? What's the process? Well, the first step is finding guys that fit with you, whether you get them out of high school or you get them from another another university. And so that's the step one. And number two, once we get them here, and we got many of those guys here in January, which was huge, uh, we started building that chemistry, building that connection by having accountability teams that were cross-positional, cross-grade levels, and just trying to get our time guys to spend time together to be able to to do community service together to be able to just hang out together to be able to be held accountable for the 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 behavior of your teammates together and so that's been a process we've been going through each and every day and then it's it's about uh you know, building a football team that learns to play complementary football, offense, defense, and special teams working together. And you saw that on full display there at the end where the defense gets a big stop, offense goes down the scores, and special teams became the difference for the block field goal and the 51-yard field goal to win the game in overtime. So it's team football, and the best team is going to win. That's our goal. I like that. The special teams did come up big, too. Tom Allen joining us. You know, you picked up an experienced starter in quarterback Connor Bazelak, who transferred in from Missouri. He was the SEC co-freshman of the year two years ago. What did you like about him coming in, and what do you think about what you've seen from him so far? Well, you just uh, you put the film in when he was at Missouri, and he just was able to you know throw the football with accuracy down the field, uh, had a good command of what they were doing there, and then just had that poise, you know, had the ability to, to to not get rattled. That position that that's such a critical quality to have. We've had two game-winning drives out of him already this year, and he's able to just show so much uh, calmness in that moment. I think that's uh, he has that, that competitive greatness to him. He's at his best when the best is required. So uh, I think that uh, stuck out to me through the process. He, he proved it during fall camp and, and even even into spring and in the summer. So just excited to have him and lead our football team as our quarterback. Indiana out quickly. they got a big one coming up on Saturday against Cincinnati. In fact, since I mentioned that, I know how much respect you have for that 
program and given the fact that those two campuses are separated by about 130 miles and the fact that you're going to bump up against them of course in recruiting how unique is this particular matchup between these two schools well, it really is, and those things you stated with the geography you know, component and the recruiting piece and, and a lot of guys that uh, they have on their team we recruited and vice versa. So to me, it's just about um, you know developing your guys. They've got a similar approach that we've had here, and, and Coach Fickles does a tremendous job in those areas. And they, we played them last year, as you know, and uh, they're, it's like playing another Big Ten team, you know, and they did a tremendous job getting to the Final Four and playing in the playoffs. And so just to me, it's about uh, – being able to get the best players that fit your system and develop them. And that's what he's done there. So it's going to be a tremendous challenge for us to be able to go on the road and find a way to get a win. We're talking to Tom Allen for a few more moments. So as you mentioned, they had a great year last year. I mean, they had a great, great year last year. And they lost a number of key guys to the NFL, including their quarterback, a key running back, a corner. Yet they're still dangerous. You know that. When you look at them on film, is there anything that jumps off the film? What concerns you the most about them? Well, they they play with a tremendous amount of confidence. You know, a lot of physicality. Uh, they've got playmakers on both sides of the football and on special teams, and so just a really well-rounded football team. You know, that's well coached. Um, I, I like their style of play. You know, and I think they've got playmakers at receiver and running back and the tight end room. Probably the two best tight ends we're going to play all year in combination is the ones we're going to play on Saturday, and and it all starts up front. They've got their entire offensive line back from a year ago, and some new faces on the defense, but a lot of talented players. So anytime you play really hard and play physical and execute high level you're gonna to be tough to beat so that's a it's a good football team we're about to play straight up nothing makes me happier than that sound that is shopify's new sales sound it is incredible the sound of another sale on shopify the all-in-one commerce platform to start run and grow your business i mean how many reasons are there to love Shopify? How about this? Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business only. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. You know this if you own a business. Scaling that business is a journey of endless possibility. I know this. I feel like I own a small business, this podcast. I know where we started. I know where we are right now. And I know where I still want to go. Success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. And nobody understands that better than Shopify. I love, for instance, how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. And like mine, Shopify powers over millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. What you want to do is go to shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase R-O-M-E, for a free 14-day trial to get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash R-O-M-E, all lowercase, and do it right now. Shopify.com slash Rome. Good matchup. Great game. Looking forward to it. Tom Allen joins me for a few more moments. So your son, let me ask you about your son, Thomas. He moves on from the program. Considering how fortunate you were to play for your father in high school, what was it like to coach your son? You know, it was an unbelievable blessing. 
you know, it's, it's harder than probably people think, you know, but uh, the time you have together is just, uh, you can't get that back. And that's what we valued so much. And, and also, uh, he's actually one of our GAs now. So to be able to now, uh, to coach him and spend that time together and see him grow and develop and, and have some great opportunities as a player was amazing and awesome and very much a blessing. And now he's, he's one of our assistants as a GA and getting his MBA from our Kelly School of Business, which is awesome. So just the time together is, is a special, special thing. So we feel very blessed. Hey, Tom, can you quickly elaborate on that? When you say it's a lot tougher than people think, how so? Well, it's expectations. You know, when you're the coach's kid in the locker room, um, you know, um, you got the coach's son sitting right next to you. And that, that person, that player, has to develop the trust. And he has to learn and it has to earn the fact that you're there, not because of the name on the back of your jersey, but because of what you've earned by your performance and the kind of player that you are. And so I think that that's something that the player has to establish when he's younger. And that's what you got to do when you first get to a program like that. And then you got to build that confidence and trust that, hey, you know what? I can say something to my teammate and he's not going to run tell his dad. And I think that's a special balance. That's a, it's a tough balance. And I I think the locker room is probably the hardest part of it, but I tell you, well, once that all is, is flushed out and once that's worked through, man, what an amazing opportunity it gives both of us, both the father and the son, to have that time together. I think that's so awesome, and I know what you're saying. I, For instance, Tom, I tried to be, I got out of radio briefly and went into the family business. My parents owned a business, and I worked for my parents, and I can remember mm-hmm. going into the office and saying, yo, Pop, and he said, first of all, I'm not Pop, all right? You can call me <laughs> Jay here, and I'm like, Really? And the, the point, yeah. the dynamic that you're making, though, business is business. And unlike you and your son, he, he loved me, I loved him, but that did not stop him from firing me, which he did, because business <laughs> was business, because of what you're talking about, right? Yeah. It's business. That's true. There's it's no business. question. And, and like, and the bottom line, too, is you don't want him to feel like he's having a position meeting every time you're together, you know, at the house or, you know, <laughs> something away from football. So it, it's a de- delicate balance for sure, but it's, uh, it's something that uh, we feel really fortunate to be part of. By the way, you, you just nailed it because I was pulling that nonsense at home when I would <laughs> J him on the weekends at home, and he didn't think that was funny at all. No, so, doubt. no, no, no. Doubt. That's awesome. I thought so, too, but he didn't think so. <laughs> really quickly, let me ask you, and I appreciate the time so much. The Big Ten's going to grow again next year when you. USC and UCLA come in. What were your first thoughts when that was announced? And overall, I mean, I know it's a big picture question, but overall, how do you feel about the direction of where the sport is headed? Well, you know, I was shocked. You know, we've had meetings. We talked about the different teams that might join the Big Ten, but when it was announced, I mean, I wasn't expecting that to happen this quickly. And so, uh, you know, to be able to expand from coast to coast, I think is a pretty awesome thing. We've already had some recruiting benefit from it uh, in a very short amount of time that it's been announced. Uh, definitely going to be challenging from a travel perspective. Uh, as you see, even you know, you think of Michigan State traveled out to Washington here this past weekend, and uh, you know, what a tough trip that can be. So I just think that uh, that will be unique and special, but the brand is, is going to be expanded, and I think that makes it more powerful. Uh, definitely got some change. Uh, you think about the portal, how it's changed things, and now the, the way the conferences are realigning, um, and the way the talent's being more spread out, you We've seen a lot of a lot of teams that have you know teams that might a guy might have been the number two or number three at a certain place now he's going somewhere else to be a starter and so it, it's allowed other teams to maybe to be able to close that talent gap a little bit in some way so probably going to make it for more equitable um, teams I think as long as that we can get a handle on the NIL piece which is definitely a whole new adventure for all of us so change for sure I think no one really knows what's going to look like here in a few years but we just know one thing is going to be different no I appreciate that Indiana three and oh one and oh in Big Ten play they've got a big one coming up Saturday. Saturday. They're at Cincinnati. I always appreciate the conversation, but that goes without saying. Tom, thanks so much. Great to have you back on, and I do appreciate you. All right, welcome, buddy. Have an awesome day. You too. So I've got a question for you guys. Do you feel like your antiperspirant keeps you dry all day long? Well, 
Dove Men Plus Care Dry Spray has an instantly drying antiperspirant formula that can help give you a cleaner feel and offers 48-hour sweat and odor protection. I said 48 hours. Generally, if something seems too good to be true, it is, but not in this case. Dove Men Dry Spray feels light and clean on your skin, and it's quick and it's easy to use, especially when you're on the move. Also, Dove Men Dry Spray contains Dove's unique one-quarter moisturizing cream that helps to protect your skin. It leaves your skin feeling comfortable, and it does protect it. You want that. You need that. Try Dove Men Dry Spray. Goes on dry, clean feel. A date on the calendar that is typically all about the NFL, Major League Baseball, and of course, Earth, Wind, and Fire. I don't know how I've done this as long as I have, and we skip over that conveniently every single year, but luckily somebody pointed this out yesterday. So... Earth, wind, and fire. It's always good to start a new tradition 35 years into the main thing. I like that. I like that. So the NBA news yesterday was less earth, wind, and fire. You know, more good, bad, and scummy. The good, the bad, and the scummy. It started with the good, which came in the form of a statement from Suns owner Robert Sarver. Quote, as a man of faith, I believe in atonement. And the path to forgiveness. I expected that the commissioner's one-year suspension would provide the time for me to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many fans love. But in our current unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that this is no longer possible, that whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by things I've said in the past. For those reasons, I'm beginning the process of seeking buyers for the Suns and Mercury. That actually is the good, the bad, and the scummy all rolled into one. I mean, are you kidding me with a statement like that? What garbage. The only good in that came at the very end when he said, I'm beginning the process of selling the Suns and Mercury, which is not good enough. Not nearly good enough. It's good that he's doing but not good enough that he's starting the process. How about him starting that statement with, I'm a man of faith, and I believe in amends and atonement. No, you don't. You don't think you did anything wrong. You're not sorry for anything. You can tell by the statement. You are not sorry for anything other than the position you're in. I know you're not sorry for what you said. I know you're not sorry for what you did. And I'm not even saying allegedly. I'm talking about things that an NBA investigation uncovered. I'm not even talking about an ESPN report from back in the day. I mean, that essentially was the NBA version of Chunk Gruden's. I'm a good person. I go to church. What? I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married. You know, again, oh, why didn't you say so? Yeah, like Chunky, the actual behavior does not really exactly line up with that whole holy man thing. Gruden reportedly goes with racist, misogynistic, and homophobic emails. Sarver, though, goes next level with it, bringing racist, misogynistic, and homophobic behavior into the workplace. Behavior, not just emails. 
you know, the kind of behavior that was documented in both an ESPN report and, as I mentioned, an independent NBA investigation. Now, despite all that initially, Commissioner Ears decided not to go Donald Sterling on Sarver and suspend him for life. For life. No, he just waited. Adam Silver waited. He waited for players, sponsors, even a co-owner to come back and push back and pile on and pressure. And then Silver gets more involved. Remember, Silver was acting like, hey, there's only so much I can do here, all right? He's an owner. Yeah, it's not what you said when Donald Sterling went Donald Sterling. What do you mean there's only so much you can do here? And he only did so much. That was a slap on the wrist initially. A one-year ban, a $10 million fine, but he still owned the team. I mean, really, how much of a punishment was that? Hell, he tried to get the guy back in the fold. A ridiculous slap on the wrist. One-year suspension, $10 million fine, still got to own the team, just couldn't come around for a while. As I mentioned before, $10 million is walk-around money to that guy, and we all know how fast time goes. What's a year? I mean, even that guy knows, the commissioner knows, he mishandled that because he had almost nothing to say when this went down yesterday. How brief a statement is this? Quote, I fully support the decision by Robert Sarver to sell the Phoenix Suns and Mercury. This is the right next step for the organization and community. End of quote. That, that's what you have to say. That, a comically brief comment for something so significant to the association. But then again, what the hell was the commissioner going to say now after he tried to bring Sarver back in the first place? Good riddance, get lost, do not let the door hit you. Because I'll say it again, this dude is not sorry. He's not sorry for what he said. He's not sorry for what he did. He's sorry that he's in the position he's in right now. Believe me, this guy's not saying, I accept it. I feel horrible about it. I'm going to do the right thing and sell these teams. He doesn't feel that way at all. He's only sorry that the teams are getting ripped from him. Again, the league found a decade-long pattern of him using racial slurs, making, quote, sex-related comments and inappropriate observations on the appearances of his employees. Like, if this dude was going for the triple crown of completely offensive workplace behavior, he just knocked it down like Devin Booker nailing a three. Oh, but my bad, Bob. You just said it. You're a man of faith. So it's all good, right? What? Yeah, like, like, sure. I spent the last decade making racist comments and treating people horribly in the workplace, but I go to church, so we're good, right? I go to church. One more thing. I want to double back to this. How about the part of the comment where he says, quote, but in our current unforgiving climate, it has become painfully clear that that is no longer possible, that whatever good I have done or could still do is outweighed by things that I've said in the past, end of quote. I mean, you want to talk about delusional. There is so much wrong with that quote. I mean, I could break that thing down word by word. I could break that down frame by frame, like it's the Zapruder film or something. Bob, I'm not going to do that. Let me just say this. Dude, you are not on your way out because of cancel 
culture. You canceled yourself, period. Similar actions by a CEO of any company or anyone with a leadership position in organization would have led to them being fired immediately. The so-called woke mob did not come after you. You and you alone are solely responsible for all of this. Nobody did anything to you. You did this to yourself. I mean, this lack of self-awareness coming off that statement is incredible. Because when the Suns are sold, that team is going to go for something in the neighborhood of $2 billion, with a B or more. So you're walking away with a dump truck filled with Benjamins. You're anything but canceled. You know what was unforgiving? <laughs> He's talking about how unforgiving everybody is. You know what was unforgiving? Your constant verbal abuse that your employees were subjected to based on your warped view of what was acceptable in the workplace. Like, this was Donald Sterling all over again, except Sarver was not caught on tape and there were no references to the silly wabbit. Yes, Silver works for all the owners, but he created a path that would have allowed someone to behave like this and keep his team. He was going to keep the team. It was only after an outcry from the players, including his own star player, CP3, and the sponsors, and one of his own co-owners before this dude finally got the message. So no, it was not cancel culture or the woke mob. It was the players, including your own, the other owners, including your own, and the sponsors. And no credit to Silver for the way he handled this. Sarver needs to take his dough, hit the bricks, and the commissioner needs to stop talking out of both sides of his mouth. This had to be. The result is accurate, but it shouldn't have taken this long. And now you're done. So, and, and thanks for beginning the process. Hurry up and speed up the process. Finish this thing up so we can all move the hell on. Shouldn't be that hard to find buyers. Should not be that hard to find buyers. Great franchise, great location. If you put the same effort you did into making misogynistic and sexual comments to your staffers as you could in looking for buyers, this team would have been sold by now already. In fact, I'll throw my hat in. I'm game. I'm in. If any ownership group that is forming that wants Van Smack, count me in. I'll sell the Cali house. I'll sell the Wisconsin house. I'll rip the college savings from the kids. I mean, Jake's only got one more year left anyway. Let's face it, Logan's not getting in any good school. I'll sell my stake and my horses. Anything to speed this thing up. And then once you're done, Robert, Slurver, you can go back to playing the victim card and talk about how you got canceled. September 21st, who would have ever known that this would be that bad of a day in the NBA?
You know, we could talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, like how they require minimums, and worse yet, how the rewards flat out expire. Or we could talk about how with Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount at any time. I mean, you want to talk about amazing. And now that we've talked about that, why don't we get back to doing what we do best, talking some junk and talking sports. You know, what we do, where we live, who we are. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms do apply. We are joined right now by Dino Babers. Dino, what's going on? How are you? Rome, how are you doing? I can't believe you and I are still doing what we're doing. Me especially. No, I know why you're still doing it, Coach. I know why you're doing it, Dino, because you're still doing it at a pretty high level. 3-0, and not only 3-0, and my guy, but 3-0 and after a great, great win over Purdue. So how you living, how you feeling about your team after that win? Well, you know, I'm really excited about how the guys finished. It was, it was a, you know, a nick and tuck game. It could have went either way. Uh, I'm uh, really excited that it went our way, and I'm really excited that we had the ball left. After we scored, there was only seven seconds left on the clock which was only enough for one play, and I think that was just enough to keep uh, that quarterback and produce offense out of the end zone. Uh, that's going to be a bold team later on in the season. There's no doubt about it, but I'm really excited about what the Orange and what the Cues has done. I'll tell you what, that was really something to watch. Do you know, for instance, the teams did combine for 42 points in a wild fourth quarter, so obviously the fans, the viewers, even the media had a hell of a time watching that. I'm curious, though, what was it like for you on the sideline having to gut that one out? Well, I took everybody on the East Coast straight to the West Coast, started talking about Colossus, the roller coaster, because that's what it felt like. I've only been on that roller coaster one time in Santa Clarita, California. And I, after I wrote it, I told them I'd never go on it again. But I think I was on that roller coaster in the fourth quarter here in Syracuse, New York. Dino, you did not just break out a Magic Mountain reference and the Colossus <laughs> roller coaster. Dude, like, what, when did you do that? Do you have any idea what year? Well, I tell you what, it was when I was really young, and I won't right. do it again. <laughs> no, I remember that, man. I remember when the Colossus dropped as a roller coaster, man. That was one of the best. All right, so what about that final play? Your quarterback, Garrett Schrader, hit Aronde Gadsden with the game winners seven seconds left, as you mentioned. What about the play your receiver made? What do you make of that route that he ran in that case and the, the play that he made on the ball? Well, first of all, let, let, me, let me give you the whole play. First Please. of all, the quarterback, the quarterback came out and looked at the tailback he was covered. Then he looked at a wide receiver. He was covered his second read. Then he came back to his third read. And right when he came back to his third read, Garrett Schrader, uh, one of our offensive linemen and a tight end had fell off their block. And here comes this guy, this choo-choo train coming right down the track. And he looked dead at the guy. And then he threw a no-looker off into the corner about eight inches from the sidelines. And the tight end hadn't even came out of his break yet. Aronde comes out of his break. The ball's already halfway there in the air. Aronde looks. He can't see the quarterback because the quarterback's on the ground. He looks up in the air and boom, dropping from the heavens. It's 3-0 for the Qs. It was big time. This is what I'm talking about. When I say, can you please take me through a play, that's how you take somebody through a play. Now, you mentioned the choo-choo train, but in a different context. You know, you had a great statement earlier this week when you said the team understands that the train left at the end of August, but those who were on the train are not necessarily the same people who are on the train right now. Like, what's the significance of that statement, and did the train add a few cars since then? Well, I just think that it's really important that the guys understand where everybody's coming from. And, you know, they know they had some doubters, and there's still some doubters out there. And who knows how this thing is going to end up. 
but they are really locked into the family, the La Familia, the Ohana, and they know who is with them. And everybody else can come along, but I'm not sure they're going to be able to get front stage close to the group because we've got that all cornered off, all locked off of the people who are really family. Dino Babers joining us, Syracuse head coach. So you know how it goes, right? It's tough to deal with success, and it's tough to deal with failure. You're 3-0 and right now. What's more challenging in your experience for young players? Is it handling success or handling failure? Oh, it's handling the success. It's handling the success. So many good people with so many good thoughts uh, in so many people's ears and uh, and you know you just have to be able to you've heard all the terms the rat poison the noise you just got to stick to the process and you got to understand what got you there you can't look ahead to what may happen down the season you better look at the next guy standing in front of you which is that next opponent and then god willing hoping that you can be one and know when it's over I love that, actually. You're right. I have heard all the phrases. Rat poison is my favorite. It goes right to the top of the list. So what about this group? I mean, you know this group really, really well at this point. Does it feel like a group that is mature enough, focused enough, responsible enough to understand that you're looking to be 1-0 every single week and not to bite into the rat poison? I really believe they are. And that doesn't mean that uh, it's perfection down the road. I, I can't claim that. All I can do is prepare them every week, let them see where the potholes are, give them a road map and see if they can drive and navigate through it. And so far, they've been good. They've been really good following that map. So, Dino, 3-0 has got to feel great right now. It's just 3-0, and but I'm curious, what's the vibe like on campus? And then more importantly, what do you think it's going to be like tomorrow night in the Dome, a Friday night game against Virginia? Well, Rome, I really think the vibe on campus is great. We... We had a freshman class last year that I thought came in and did the, the best I've ever seen a freshman class do. Now, we only finished up 5-7, but I thought they did a really good job. But when this new freshman class came in, what did the, old pe- the young people say? OMG, Oof, they had crazy in their eyes. I went and spoke to them before school started, late night, one of these deals. And, I mean, this freshman class was like, they said, we are going to whoop the blah, blah out of the last freshman class. And I said, instead of you guys working against each other, won't you guys work together as a team, freshman and sophomore? So I'm looking. I am waiting. Jim, you've got to join us. Hopefully it'll work out all right. But you've got to see these guys tomorrow night because I'm telling you right now, I really believe – they're going to be a sight to see. Oh, I'm watching. I'm watching. I love that. I love that you have that opportunity that the nation will be looking in. You'll be inside the Dome Friday night. I love that matchup for you. Now, you've already, Dino, you've beaten Louisville. Clemson's back in the top five. Your team did receive votes in the polls. It is early on, but how does the ACC look to you top to bottom this season? Well, I just think that it's going to be – Clemson is always the top dog. And even if I said anything else, you guys wouldn't believe me. But I just think that there's some teams that – you know, there's some teams that have never beaten Clemson. I've been here going on seven years. There's some teams in our conference that's never beaten Clemson. But there's some teams in our conference that have. And I would like to think that if some of those, one of those teams gets an opportunity, that it should at least be a good game. Talking to Dino Babers, they've got that game Friday night, tomorrow night, Virginia. It's going to be a great matchup. Dino, before you go, obviously you had Jimmy Garoppolo when you were at Eastern Illinois. I know you're focused on your team, your program, what's in front of you. But I'm really curious, when you take a step back and you look at the sort of football life he's had, the career he's had, what do you make of the way Jimmy G has handled himself and the way he's played since getting into the NFL? You know what? I mean, I am so proud of him. I mean, everything that he's done, you know, even his style. I mean, you're talking about a guy that didn't even have a car in college. 
I mean, now you got name, image, and likeness, and transfer portal, and this and that. This guy didn't even have a car, and then somebody stole his bike, and he was walking around campus. And I'm, and now he's got all this stuff, but what he wants most is a team that believes in him. And I think that no matter what, he's a team guy. For him to reduce that contract and then go back to the 49ers and just sit and and wait and watch this and do it the right way where you're a positive, you're not a negative on a team that has a chance to win a Super Bowl. And now, you know, not his will, God's will, not his will, God's will. You know, hopefully that young man, Trey, is going to get better. But now the 49ers happen to have a, a quarterback that also has a roadmap and knows how to lead them through playoffs and maybe have an opportunity to get back to that Super Bowl. And uh, who else, who's better to do it as the number two quarterback stepping in for the number one guy that's hurt than Jimmy G? Oh, there's no doubt, Dino. Like, to your point, all this guy wants at this point is a team that wants him. And maybe they didn't initially, but you can speak to this. I've talked to a number of his teammates inside that locker room. The guys that I've spoken to, they love him. They love him. They play hard for him. Which brings me to a final point before I let you go. You mentioned how things were so different. He didn't have a car. He had a bike. He had his bike stolen. There was no NIL like there is now. Things are different, which brings me back to the thing you said at the very top. Look at us. How are guys like you and I still doing what we're doing? Hey, man, until they run us off, you and I are going to keep doing what we're doing. But what about it? How different is the game now than it was even five years ago? And do you still love doing it? You know what? It's the only reason why I do it. It's the only reason why I do it. I, I look at these young men, and for them to have, you know, I want them to be better fathers, better sons, better husbands. Don't be like me. Be better. Don't be average. Don't settle. Be a B. Be an A. Don't go through life and be a C. Whether you're on the football field or off the football field, whether you're raising your child or helping someone else's, academically, socially, spiritually, be the best that you can be. And it's not a, you know, people... Ugh, it's, it's about the people. It's, it's not about the bricks. It's not about the mortar. It's not about the green. It's about the people and the lives that you affect while you're here. Help me, Rome. Help me now. Dude, I love it. That's it. It's not about the bricks. It's not about the mortar. It's not about the green. It's about the people. It's about the relationships. Dino, preach. I get it. I appreciate it, and I appreciate you. The Q's, the Orange, 3-0, and and they've got a big one tomorrow night against Virginia. Dino, good luck. Great to have you back. Really appreciate the friendship. You know that. Room, keep the, keep the West Coast warm, brother. You guys, make sure you get some rain over there, too. I don't want everything yeah, I need that. to be brown. Yeah, I you're right. We need that. Back. We need both. You got it. Good night now!